Okay. All right, so start. Hopefully, we'll try to get ready a little bit closer for Pesach. Aye. Pesach is one of those Yom Tovim. It's one of those holidays where there's, uh, you know, every, every holiday is put this way, and every holiday needs preparation. Every holiday needs a lot of preparation. Pesach is one of those holidays that uh, especially needs a lot of preparation. But um, like all things, preparing for a Yantif always has to be in two fronts. There has to be the physical preparation, which there's no question about it, Pesach has. Whether you're making Pesach, whether you're going away, there's no such thing as escaping the uh, preparations for Pesach, nor should there be. So there's definitely that. But at the same time, there's another front, there's another aspect of preparing for Pesach that is terms, in terms of the spirit, in terms of the soul, in terms of one's, one's nefesh to prepare for Pesach. And so... Sometimes it's easy to get distracted and to focus completely on one side of the preparations, you know, on the physical side of things. Um, but it's important. It's very, very important to prepare for Yantif on both ends. So coming together even to learn and to think about Pesach and to just like remind ourselves that there's something more than just making sure that everything's taken care of physically is itself, is itself already beneficial. So really even just to stop now and just the fact that we're just all here reminding ourselves that there's something more than the, to this yantif than just making sure there's no chametz, making sure that the kids are taken care of, making sure that the fam- the, hamlet, the the house is taken care of, all, all the, the stuff and you have chalmoid uh, activities. The very fact that we're reminding ourselves that there's more to Pesach than that is already a tachlis. Is already a tachlis. But, you know, you came out all this way so we might as well uh, share something too in terms of how to prepare. So that, but that's that's key number one to remember not to get completely lost, not to get completely lost in the preparations of the body, but also to focus our minds in the preparation of the soul. So let's begin to talk about what we need, what we need to be, what what we need to take out of Pesach, because that's going to be the question. Whenever you want to prepare for something, you always have to to to, to prepare for something. You have to know going in. Okay, what well, what do I want at the end? Right? Whatever you want at the end, that's so then you'll be able to figure out how to prepare for that. So if I want at the end, so the, on the physical side of things, I know what I want at the end. I want a house that's clean of chametz. That's pretty much what you want, right? That's pretty much what it's about, right? A house that's clean of chametz and to make sure that all the mitzvahs of Pesach are being kept properly. So I know that that's what I need at the end. So now I plot out how to get there. So we have to do the same, the same sort of system and organized thought in terms of what it means in terms of the souls. What do I need to get out of my Pesach spiritually? And what does my family need to get out of Pesach spiritually? And then I could plot along accordingly what I need, what do I need in order to get there? So that's going to be the question. So what do we need to come away with Pesach? <coughs> okay, so let's begin like this. In the Seder, by the Haggadah, Seder night, we'll begin with a, with, with a question. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out what exactly we need to take away and then how to get there. So by the Seder, we uh, sort of, towards the beginning of the Haggadah, we say the following sentence, right? It's well known. It says, We know that one of the essential mitzvahs of Pesach, there's physical mitzvahs, again, eating matzah and mar and so on, not having chametz, but there's also the Pesach night, specifically Seder night, one of the most important mitzvahs is what's called Sipar Yitzis Mitzrayim, to talk about the story of of the Exodus, to talk about the Exile, talk about the redemption. We live the story. That's one of the mitzvahs. So says the Haggadah, even if a person is a Chacham, a Novoin, and Yudea Satar, a person is very wise, knowledgeable, very, very smart, 
even such a person also has the mitzvah to speak about Sipri Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Afil Klon HaChachamim, even if we're all Chachamim and wise, Nevainim, very uh, deep, you know, uh, very deep and sophisticated people. We know everything there is to know. You still have to talk about the Exodus. Okay, that's the Mishnah said. That's what Haggadah says. And it goes on to talk about the famous story of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfin and Rosa Benazaria, that even though they're Mamish, uh, the biggest people in the world, they're still spending the whole night talking about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. That's the Haggad. Here's the question. Why would I think that just because a person is a Talmud Chacham, they don't have to talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim Pesach night? It's one of the mitzvahs. But all of a sudden there's an idea that a Talmud Chacham is exempt from eating matzah. person is knowledgeable, it means you don't have to say Kriyashma every day. One of the mitzvahs of Pesach is to talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. What's the thought that you might think, basically what the Haggadah is saying to us is as follows, that you might think that if a person is wise and knowledgeable and so on, they don't have to talk about Pesach. They don't have to talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim Pesach. So comes the Haggadah, no, 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 don't make that mistake. I feel even if you're very smart and knowledgeable, still you have to talk about Pesach. You still you have to talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim Pesach night. What's the, we say in, in the Gemara, what's the Havamina? What's the thought? Why would you think otherwise? Why, what, what makes this mitzvah different than any other mitzvah that there would be a thought that if you're a big Talmud Chacham, an knowledgeable person, you don't have to do it. We don't have such a thing. So here's the idea. The idea is as follows. When the, when the Chumash tells us and describes this mitzvah of Pesach night, which is to say over the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the language that's used is v'higada To say it over to your children, to your family. The word Haggadah, that's why it's called the Haggadah. Now here's the interesting point. Throughout all of Tanakh, there's a lot of words in Hebrew that mean to say something. So Vayoymer means to say, Vayidaber is to speak, and Vayaged or Maged also means to, to speak. But what's the difference? What's, what's unique when, the, when Chumash uses the word Haggadah, that, that root word? So what's interesting is, is that throughout all of Chumash, throughout all of Tanakh, whenever you have the word Haggadah, or that word Maged, something is being said. But what's unique is, is that what's being said with that word is something that's a chiddush, Something that the listener doesn't know. So for example, there's a principle in, in Torah that, the, that if you want to identify the essence of something, look at the first place in Chumash it's mentioned. So what's the first place in all of Chumash that the word Haggadah, or that, that shirish, that root word, is used? So it's used right after the story of Adam and Chava. So we know the story... It says in Pasuk that after, after the, the sin and so on, they hear Hashem's, they, they realize that they're not dressed, and they hear Hashem's voice in the garden, and they become embarrassed, and they go run behind the bushes, right? And so Hashem appears to Adam and Chava, and Hashem says the following thing, Mi ki Who told you that you're not dressed? Mi that's the first place that the word Haggad is ever used. In other words, what Hashem is saying is, who, you didn't know this until now, that you didn't, it didn't like register, you know, that you weren't dressed. Who told you this? In other words, the word Haggadah is always used when something is being said that is new, that's a Chiddush, that's something that you, oh, you didn't realize it. I'll give you another example. We just came from Purim. So in Purim it says that one of the things in the story of Purim is that Esther is uh, in the palace, but she never tells Achashurish that she's Jewish, right? So what does the Pasuk say in Megillus Esther? Kiloi Higid, that Esther never said her nation, where she comes from. And the word is, the word is used, Haggadah, that she didn't, she didn't say this to anyone, she didn't say that she's, that she's Jewish. In other words, because that would be news. 
like something new, like news, like newsworthy, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, front page uh, worthy news. That's the word Haggadah. So go, let's go back. So it says Pesach night. What's the mitzvah to talk about Yitzchitz and Shrein? So it says which means it would seem the word Haggadah means that when you're saying something, say something new, say something that you never that the person never heard before. So it would seem because of that that the mitzvah of saying the story Pesach night means to say something and to learn something new that you didn't know before. But to repeat the same story that you know always, that you've always heard, then that's not the mitzvah. So says the Haggadah, so let's say a person who's a big Tamachacham. He knows everything. So there's nothing new to him. There's nothing new. There's nothing new to him. He knows all the Pesachim, he knows all the Chazals, he knows all the Midrashim, all the stories. So, 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 so the Haggadah is, is, is making the observation that you might think if since the mitzvah speaking Pesach night is described in Chumash as with the word Haggadah, and the word Haggadah means information that's new, information that's, that's wow, I never heard that before. So, so therefore, it, it would indicate that the mitzvah speaking Pesach night is to say over something that is new to you or new to the listener. So says the Haggadah, well, if you're already a Tamil Chacham and you know everything, Chachamim, Nevoinim, Yoidim so what could you possibly learn about Yitzis Mitzrayim that you didn't already know? So maybe such a person doesn't have to speak about Yitzis Mitzrayim Pesach night because there's nothing new that they, they can't fulfill the mitzvah of Haggadah because Haggadah means to say and learn something that you didn't know before. The guy knows everything. Comes the Haggadah and says, no, 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 don't make that mistake. I feel even though you know everything, and when you read the Haggadah, you don't seem to be learning anything new. Nevertheless, you still have the mitzvah of Sipri Zerim to talk about Pesach, talk about Yitzhak and Pesach night. The question is why? It's a good point. If the mitzvah of Pesach night is Haggadah, which means to learn something new, just like the word Haggadah always means new information, shocking news, chiddish, then the question is, okay, but so, 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 so why is it? Why is the Haggadah, why is the Haggadah telling us, why is it correct? If a person is someone that's knowledgeable, we all know the story of, of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, most likely Pesach night when we sit by the Seder, right? You're probably not going to come out of the Seder with any new information. So, 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 so how are we fulfilling the mitzvah? So what, what is the Haggadah, so what, what's, what's the pshat? So Taka, why is it? That the Haggadah says that even if you're knowledgeable and you know everything, still you have to talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But if I talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim and I know everything already, then I'm not having anything new come to me. There's no Haggadah, there's no Magad. So what's the Pshat? So let me share with you a Torah, a teaching that we have from the Baal Shantav, and this is going to get to the core Nakuda and the principle of what Pesach night's about and what we have to take away from it and how do we plot ourselves accordingly. <coughs> so he says like this, Inyan Gaulus Mitzrayim. This is a, a quote from the Baal Shanta. Baal Shanta said that the essence of the exile of Egypt, right? The exile, which we're then trying to talk about our redemption from and connect to. Said the Baal Shanta that the essence of the exile of Egypt and the, and the effort that we have in order to get out of that exile is what was missing at that time. What was missing at that time is what was missing at that time is what is das. What does das mean? See, it's interesting. Das doesn't mean knowledge or information. That's not what it means. What does it mean? 
Lahachria Sheyesh Bayre Hamachadish Bakol Ragamaisabrashis. Said the Baal Shamtav, the essential Nakuda that a person has to hear Pesach night and take away Pesach night is not necessarily anything, any new information per se. But what a person has to take away Pesach night is a deeper sense of Hashem's presence in your life, a deeper sense in Hashkacha Pratis, a deeper, a deeper, a per, you know, here, I'll give you an example, you know, um, it says in Tehillim, there's a Pasuk in Tehillim, where Dovr Melch says, I know God is great. I know God is great. So Yenachem Breslover said once, he commented, you know God is great? We all know God is great. You look at the sky, you look at, you know, God's great. We all get it. So Yenachem said, no, no, no. There is, there is a certain level of personal, to internalize truly, the greatness of God, and to internalize truly how much God's involved in, in your life, that's a personal thing that only you can say, only you can know. There, is a, there, is, there, are, there are certain facts that we all agree upon. Religious Jews, we all agree about, you know, we believe, we officially, we're, you know, card-carrying members of uh, the Orthodox community, so we all officially subscribe to the concept of Ashkach Pratis. But we all know that there's a very big difference between a person that just technically knows the concept of divine providence of Ashkacha Pratis, rather a person who, who experiences Ashkacha Pratis. So you could have a Jew, for example, who their whole life is from, like their whole life is from. They've all they've been raised on the concept of Ashkacha Pratis. They, you know, from the time they're a little kid, they go to bed with their, their parents telling them stories of Ashkacha Pratis, right? The person falls out the window, and the day before someone put a mattress out, you know, underneath. Oh, Ashkacha Pratis, there is a God. And it's all very, very nice. But then you have that same person who grew up on those stories, who knows those stories, who the concept of Ashkach HaPratis is not technically anything new. But then for the first time in their life, it happens to them. It happens to them. And they fall out a window. And the night before, someone puts a mattress out. You know, I'm just giving a crazy example, but you understand. And then all of a sudden, the person's like, whoa, I know God's great. What do you mean you know God's great? You didn't know until now. There is knowledge, and then there's what's called Das, to internalize, to truly experience something and that it should be real. And what's amazing about that level of internalization, of truly absorbing a truth, is that there's, there's, there's infinite layers to that. So for that person, that first moment that he experiences or she experiences Ashkach Pratis story, it's like, whoa, that God's really paying attention. And then at that moment they think, okay, now I know God's great. And then what happens is, a couple you know, weeks later, they experience an even more specific Ashkacha Pratis story, right? And it's like, whoa, now I really know God's great. You know, I, I'll tell you something, just uh, on a personal level, like, you know, this happens, this happens a lot, where let's say, you know, I'm looking up, a, you know, I'm learning a safe or something, I'm looking up something, and I happen to, not much random, I take something off the shelf, I open the page, and I should look at it, okay, it's a nice idea. I, and I, I, I don't see specifically how this idea is going to be relevant to any shear that I have to give or anything that I'm learning at that time. Okay, but it's just something happens I come across. And then what happens, like two days later, I'm learning something that's, that's relevant that I need to figure out. And there is one second. What I just saw two days ago is mamish the key to unlock whatever it is that I'm learning now. And I think to myself, wow, that's not just Hashgach Pratis of like, that means like God was like planning out like what I was going to be involved in in two days from now, and setting that up. You know, there's a story from the Baal Shem Tov. They said that he was once uh, 
walking with one of his students. He was walking with one of his students in the forest, or whatever it is, they're going on a, on a walk, and the, stu- and, and the student uh, mentions the Baal Shem. He said, Rabbi, you know, I'm a little bit thirsty. Does, does, does the Rabbi have any water to drink? So Baal Shem said, I didn't, I didn't bring any water with me. He said, okay, fine. So I guess we'll wait till we get back. So the Baal Shem said, one second, do you truly believe, do you truly believe that if God wanted to give you water, you get water right now? So the Chassid said, I don't know. I'm not sure if I really believe that. Like, really? Well, Shem just said, so sit for a minute. Really try to get to that place inside of yourself where you truly believe that if God Almighty wanted you to have water, you'd have water. So after a few minutes of like just really trying to focus on that faith, he opens eyes and says, Rebbe, I believe. And you know what happens at that moment? It's a, happens is, is that there is some rustling in the bushes and this uh, non-Jew, this peasant, like emerges out of the forest carrying two buckets of water. A water carrier. Voshan says, Oh, you know, hello, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is. How are you doing? Oh, very nice. And the person said, and, and the Voshan says, like, where are you from? Whatever he starts the conversation, he says, like, you know, I've been traveling through the woods now for like two days. And I've been a little bit lost actually the past few hours, and I would you know where, where the where the road was. And I mean, thank God I just I just came onto the road. So the Balshanda said, Oh, so it's so it's so nice. And it happens to be my friend over here is a little bit thirsty. Would you mind maybe sharing some of your water? He said, sure. No problem. And then the guy goes on. Boshantov turned to his chas and he said, Listen, you see what happened? That guy started going on his trip three days ago. But the Rabbanu Shlalom had confidence in you that you're going to be put in a position where you're going to be walking with me randomly in this particular place and you're going to be thirsty. And you're going to, and Hashem was confident and believed in you that you're going to strengthen your amuna, that you're going to trust Him. And Hashem was planning this out three days ago. And how many, how many details were necessary in that non-Jew's life in order to get him into this spot that he should have to go on a, on a, on a mission for, for water three days ago? A million details. That's Ashkachar Pratis. And the Chassid says, well, now I know God's, God's real. Now I know there's a God. You see what I'm saying? In this, in this definition of Das, of really truly internalizing truth and Amunah, every layer that we peel away from just thinking about nature as nature and statistics as statistics, every layer of Ashgacha Pratis that we absorb is absolutely nothing new and absolutely everything new at the same time. This is the secret of Pesach. The secret of Pesach, how is it that the, the Haggadah says, you could be a, a, a Tamar Chacham, you know everything there is to know. You read every medrash, every story, you know everything, every detail of Kriyas Yamsov and of uh, Yitzis Mitzrayim. Says the Haggadah, but you still have to talk about Yitzis Mitzrayim, even though the, the, the mitzvah of, of speaking about Yitzis on Pesach night is the word Haggadah, which means to learn something new. What is there to learn new? The answer is, if a person goes to Pesach and thinks that the entire Indian is saying over a story and trying to figure out another pshat and another idea in the story that, oh, I didn't know about that particular miracle, then that's missing the point. The point of, the, of Pesach night is to internalize Amunah. To internalize Amuna. And when a person internalizes Amuna, then everything that you've known until now becomes completely new. I'll give you an example of this, even in Halacha. An example. There's a Gemara, we know that one of the one of the things that we have to take care of before Pesach, and it's a it's a good thing to be busy with these things, is to kasher, you know, to kasher kalim. Right? Let's say a person has pots and pans, forks, whatever it is, to kasher things that you're gonna need for Pesach. So there's a very interesting conversation in, in the Gemara. It's the Gemara Pesachim, the Masechta that talks about Pesach. So 
is, the conversation goes as follows. You have two Amaroyim, two Tzadikim, Ravina and Ravashi. Ravina turns to Ravashi, and this is the conversation. Ravina says to Ravashi, Ravashi, I have these knives, chametz and knives, and I need to have them for Pesach. How do I kasha them for Pesach? That was Ravina. That's a, that's a good question. How do you kasha a knife for Pesach? So Ravina, that's Ravina's question to Ravashi. Ravashi turns back to Ravina, and Ravina says, by me, I have new knives for Pesach. So Ravina says, Okay, so quote a Rav. So Ravashi, you know, you have uh, you have money to buy new knives for Pesach. What about someone like me? I don't have new knives for Pesach. I'm asking, how do I kasha them? So Ravashi said, no, 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 you don't you don't understand what I said. I don't mean that I have new knives. It means that I make my knives like they're new. And the way I do that is the following procedure, and he explained the process of kashering. That's a very funny conversation. Ravina says to Ravashi, how do I kasher these knives? The answer is, okay, you kasher it like this. You boil water, you put the, whatever, you know, it goes through the process, wait 24 hours. But there was this like funny middle conversation in the middle. Like before Ravashi got to the point, which is, this is how you kasher it, he began to say, like, I have new knives. I don't mean new knives, but I, I make my knives like they're new. Like, what, what, why is that a necessary conversation? The answer is, is that this is, even in halach, we find this, that there's a very fundamental difference between Kashering pots and pans and stuff like that for Pesach versus kashering stuff for during the year. So during the year, I get questions. A guy, you know, uh, it's always the husband. Don't worry about it. Like a spoon, you know, a milk spoon is used. The guy, you know, he's making, you know, he thinks he's uh, helpful. So he's going to heat up some meatballs or something and he uses a milk spoon. Ah, okay, so fine. He calls the rough what to do. So there's ways to kasher things. Fine. So you have to kasher things from, you know, meat and milk, whatever it is. You have to kasher things from chametz. When it comes to kashering things from meat and milk, the process is just simply getting rid of the, the taste of the, uh, the taste of the meat or the taste of the milk from the spoon. You're not trying to reinvent the spoon. You're not trying to make it new. When it comes to Pesach, you're not just trying to remove the taste of hummus. The process of kashering is, like Ravashi said back to Ravina, you make them like their new knives. That's why, in fact, there's a minig by the Jewish people to have new kalim for Pesach, to have special kalim for Pesach, and not just rely on your regular chametz stuff to kasher it. Why? Because even though there's nothing, we, we, we 100% believe in the process of kashering, there's nothing wrong with that. But the, the kashering of Pesach is not just to try to get rid of the chametz flavor. It's about trying to recreate the vessel, to make it something altogether new. That's why there's even, there was, there was, there was, um, there's a custom that we have by Pesach that after you kasher it to to um, to uh, if you're kashering something to uh, what's called to run it under like a cold water cold water like to rin- rinse it out that's something that's unique we don't find that when it comes to kashering things outside of Pesach because by running it under like cold water that's reminiscent of putting a keli in a mikveh when you buy a new vessel right when you buy something from the store so it's not a question of kashering but if it's a new vessel you have to put it into a mikveh. Since on Pesach, when you're kashering your, your kalim, you're not just trying to get rid of the chametz, you're trying to make them new. Like Ravashi said back to Ravina, by me, I make my knives as if they're new. So there's even a custom, not that you don't have to literally bring your vessels to the mikveh, but there is a custom to do something that reminds you of that process of bringing it to the mikveh, by running it under cold water. And so the idea is, that in, even, even in halacha, we find such an idea, that Pesach, the idea is, to take something that is the same. It's the same knife you're using all the year. It's the same pot. It's the same cup. It's the same spoon. But it's, but it's new. It's seen as new. 
everything in halacha always reflects itself what's going on in the soul. What's going on in the Jewish soul Pesach night? What's going on in the Jewish soul Pesach night is everything's the same. Think about it. The first Pesach. Where did we spend the first Pesach night? Celebrating the Exodus. Where did we spend that first Pesach night? In Mitzrayim. The same house that they were stuck in throughout all the years of slavery. That's the, the, the same place that they celebrated Pesach night. What exactly changed Pesach? You would think if Pesach is about celebrating the Exodus, I would say celebrate Pesach after you leave Mitzrayim, then have a whole Seder to, to reflect and to be thankful and to try to, you know, to, you know, to remember the Exodus. But Pesach night took place. We know, if we think about it, we know that by midnight, that's when you have to like finish Afikamin, right? So really the main Seder is supposed to be like until midnight. You could continue on, but the bulk of it is before midnight. Before midnight, that first Pesach, that was before Makis Bacharis. Right? The plague of the firstborn took place when? Midnight. Which means that they're sitting by the Seder, drinking the four cups of wine, eating matzah, talking about the Exodus, before Makis Bacharis happened. Before the Exodus took place. Nothing new happened. No change. They're still slaves. So what happened? So what are we talking about? The answer is, the entire eating of Pesach is the secret of having not the, the old knives like they're new. Exactly what Ravashi told Ravina. That's the secret of Pesach. The same Amuna, the same house, the same family, the same people, altogether new. New Amuna. And, you, and to be able to say, I, now I know God is real. So what's the mitzvah of Pesach? Haggadah. I, what if you know everything already? That's not the point. Have you internalized everything already yet? Certainly not. Are there always more layers of internalization that's possible? Yes. That's the mitzvah, Pesach night. So you go through the mitzvahs, you eat the matzah, you eat the mar, you drink the four cups of wine, you read the Haggadah, and it's never about just the actual story, and it's never just about the actual, just the technical details and the information that's being said. The Rabbanu Shlolem, in his infinite wisdom, has given us mitzvahs on Pesach, and Chachamim, with their divine inspiration, have given us an organized uh, structure called the Seder and called the Haggadah, which, which is the perfect system through which your neshama can internalize emuna. Now let me explain, just for a couple more minutes. This process of truly internalizing emuna is not necessarily something that we can fully control. It's up to God to sort of give us that emuna. In the Zara Kaddish, the Zara calls matzah, michla de emnusa, the bread of faith. So here's the question. We now know what we need to take away from Pesach. What we need to take away from Pesach is a sense for ourselves and for our families that I know God's great. A real, a, a deeper level of realization, of internalization in Ashkach Pratis, in Amuna, in what it means to be a Jew, in a sense of mission, in a sense of purpose. These are the truths that we already know that Pesach is about allowing ourselves to absorb it. Okay, that's what we need. How do we get there? So first of all, there's no question about it, the most important way to get there is to fulfill the mitzvahs. The Hashem set up Pesach in such a way where every mitzvah is part of this system that the soul needs and to allow it to become absorbed. <coughs> so but a, person, a person fulfilling the mitzvahs of Pesach to the best of their ability, number one, that's... A, that's that, that's the starting point. Without the mitzvahs of Pesach being kept properly to the best of our abilities, then the soul isn't able to, to absorb anything. So the, the, even though we don't see it, we might not be able to explain it, 
you know, uh, tangibly, uh, you know, in a, in a human in a human way. But by doing the mitzvahs that we do throughout Pesach, these are the buttons that are being pushed in the neshama to allow it to absorb the truth of Amun. So that's number one, to fill the mitzvahs of the day. Number two, daven. You have to daven. You have to daven that you should absorb Amun. You have to daven that you should absorb Amun for yourself. You have to daven for your families that they should come away from Pesach with a deeper sense of recognition that God is great. Don't just rely on, on the mitzvahs themselves. You have to daven that they should accomplish. You have to daven. Don't underestimate the power of your davening. Just like everyone knows, right? We left Mitzrayim, the tefillahs of the women helped us get a Mitzrayim that's going to get us out of this goal as well. Do not underestimate the power of your davening and the necessity of your davening. If you want your families to absorb Amuna and to come away from Pesach, and yourselves included, to come away from Pesach with a deeper, true, deeper internalization of these truths that we would die for, then you have to daven for it. You have to daven. So you do the mitzvahs properly as best as you can, and you daven with tears, you daven that you should become ma'aminim, that you should become believers, and your family should become ma'aminim. That's number two. And finally, number three. The third thing I would say is based on the word Haggadah itself. So as I said, the word Haggadah itself um, is, it gives over the impression of something new, right? And this idea, and what is new, Pesach night? Not necessarily the story. We know the story. We know the four questions. Internalizing the truths of Pesach. The Zara Kaddish comments, though, that there's an amazing thing. We know that when it comes to words in Hebrew, there's, there's a shorish, right? Every word has a shorish, a root word, you know? And... So what is the Shoresh of the word Haggadah? So the Zara says, interesting, the Shoresh of the word Haggadah are really two letters. Gimel, Dalet. What is the significance of Gimel, Dalet? Gimel, Dalet, Chazal tell us, Gimel, Dalet is a, it means the Gimel, repre, Gimel, Dalet represents Mashpia, Makabal, giver and receiver. Goimel, Dalem. Gimel, the word Gimel means Goimel, which means to give. And Dalit comes to the word Dal, which means empty, which means someone that wants to receive. The Zara says, if you truly want to experience Haggadah, which is to internalize Amuna, so again, like I said, make sure the mitzvahs are being kept properly to the best of your abilities, and you daven for it. But number three, buy the Haggadah and rather than Pesach, and this is, the hard, this is probably the hardest one, to truly try to the best of your abilities to connect to the ones that you want to internalize Amuna. So you have your husband, you have children, God willing, and you have family members. It could be people that maybe are not sitting by the Seder, but you have people that you know in your mind they need to get to that place of Amuna. They need to internalize Amuna. There's something about them, they're cold, they're not living life to its They need a dosage of. They need to be able to say after Pesach, I know God's great. So how do you, how do you open them up? The answer is, Gimel Dalit. Connect yourselves to them. Connect yourselves to, to them. And this is something, I'll tell you the truth, this is something, the men have to do this too. And I, and I, and I have spoken, I will speak to them about this too. But this is something specific to the women. Because let's say the guy is sitting by the Seder, whoever's leading the Seder, he's doing his thing, he's giving out the matzahs, and he's reading the, the Haggadah and so on, and the kids are doing their stuff, whatever ages they're on. And you're busy, certainly, with, with your stuff. But at the same time, do not let the Seder go by. Do not let Pesach go by without taking time 
during the Seder, to look at each person by the Seder, and even if they're not there, to think about them, and to really try to, to connect them emotionally. Even without them knowing about it. They don't have to know about it. It doesn't mean to say anything to them. It just to eye to eye, face to face. Do you understand? I think you understand what I'm saying. But to really connect nefesh benefesh, to be a gimel dalit. When you have one soul with another soul that's a gimel dalit, that's the context that Haggadah can take place. So this amuna that we're talking about, to truly internalize amuna, is bigger than any one of us. In truth, this is an amuna that's coming from on high, that goes to Avram Avinu's neshama and Shemayim, that goes to Yitzchak and goes to Yaakov. Every single soul that ever existed is being infused with a deeper level of faith on Pesach. So amuna, so this, this, this internalization, this truth of amuna is bigger than, than us. So what do we do in order to allow us to receive it? What we do is we have to, like I said, keep the mitzvahs. We have to daven that we should internalize it, that we should be able to receive it. And we have to connect with each other. The more you connect with each other, the more you create within your family dynamic a gimel dalid, the more you create Haggadah in your life, the more that will allow your life and your family to be a vehicle to experience Haggadah. So this is, this is one of the most essential things, and you're not going to read it in any of the, the, the Pesach guidebooks. Or whatever, you know, and it's not something that, can, that, that no one would ever even notice on the outside. But I guarantee you their souls will notice it. Connect yourselves to the people that you care about. And, and, and this, is the, this is the simple truth. Because that is one of the most important avodas of Pesach, to be a gimel dalid with everyone that you love, and even people that you don't love, Anyone that you know needs a Muna, be a Gimel Dalit with them, see them face to face, connect yourselves to them, think about them throughout the day, find some aspects of them that you respect and you love and you want to bond with. <clears throat> because that's something that's so vital and so necessary, so the Yetzara is going to fight. So it's interesting. The Yetzara doesn't stop us from eating matzah. We have maybe some people that have a hard time with it. Most of us are not going to have any sign not to eat matzah. We're not going to have a big Nisayan to clean our houses from chametz. That's what we do. That's what you didn't do. It's hard. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy. But you're not, you're not going to be sitting up all night really struggling with the test of should I clean for chametz or not. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. What is the main Nisayan of Pesach? The main Nisayan of Pesach is to see family members face to face. That's the main Nisayan. Those that understand, those that experience Pesach know that that's the Iker Nisayan of Pesach. The main test of Pesach is not whether you can eat matzah, it's not whether you're going to have chametz in the house. The main issue of Pesach is, are you going to love and respect the people that you're going to be stuck with for eight days? That's the question of Pesach. That's the big Nisayan. And the, the fact that that's the Nisayan tells you what the Ikra Vayda is. Whatever, listen, whatever area the, the Yetzirah is trying to undermine, then you know that's the Ikra place to focus on. So the Ikra in the Pesach is to create within the family a Gimel Dalit. And by doing so, then the same people that you know that the, the same you know this this person in your family it's the same chametz stick and knife. And what happened? And on Pesach it's it looks like the same knife. It's altogether new. Don't take people for granted. Don't take yourselves for granted. Don't take Yiddish guy for granted. These are all gifts from heaven. And I'm not. I'm and trust me, I know it's not easy. But this is the ikur avoid of Pesach. Make yourselves a gimel dalit. You do that. That's why even the word gimel dalit, God. The word God in Chumash, it's one of the tribes. The word God in Chumash means a house. Baruch Marchiv God. Blesses Hashem who expands your house. That's the word God means. That's why Pesach is all around in the house, right? Cleaning the house, 
by, 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 you know, by Yitzhak Mitzrayim, they had the door on the, on, uh, the blood on the doorpost. House, house, house. Because what's a house? A house is, what a house is supposed to be, is a, is a place where there's a lot of different people, but every single one of them to each other is Gimel Dalet. That's what a house is. That's what a family is. That's what we're trying to connect to on Pesach and trying to reinforce on Pesach. Hashem shall bless each and every one of you and each and one of us. Wherever we find ourselves for Pesach, the Yitzhak is going to make you crazy. He's not going to make you crazy about how much wine you drink. He's not going to make you crazy about whether you have chametz or not. It'll be taken care of. It's hard, but it'll be taken care of. He's going to make you crazy about Gimel Dalit. He's going to make you crazy about, I can't stand this person, you know, aunt, uh, aunt whatever is making me crazy. Uncle so-and-so is making me crazy. The shver, the shvigir, the kids, the husband. Everyone is going to be making you crazy. Expect it. Realize that that's what's going to happen and embrace it because that's the avayda. The avayda is with all that craziness and with all that balagan and all that, like, I can't, you know, everyone's getting on my nerves. Gimel dalid. Those same people that are making you crazy face to face. That's the way they internalize the muna. That's the way you're going to internalize the muna by creating gimel dal, by creating haggadah within your life, by creating that house. Hashem should bless us. We should be zaycha to experience the muna. We should come out of Pesach. Being able to say collectively and individually, Ki Hashem, I know Hashem is great. And we should be Zoha, like the Baal Shemta said, that this opening of Das, of truly internalizing truth, began by Pesach, but it wasn't finished. It's going to culminate. Just like it started with Pesach, so it's going to end with the coming of Mashiach. And it's all one long story, just like by Pesach night, right? We end, we end up with Kaishal Yo, which is talking about Mashiach, because that's what, what began on Pesach, which is the truly internalized faith is one long story which ultimately leads to Gul itself. We should to experience that Befrat Bukhlal Vyaskal Sadhik Mehir Vimeno Amen. Akash Vasanech everybody.